Welcome to the AFC North Talk. It's your boy Ace Boogie kicking things off with the best division. Already getting started early here in the comments. <laughs> Tony, my friend, how are you doing today? Uh, oh, I'm doing doing great, doing great. Happy. A lot, a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Steelers win, Ravens win. So we got, you know, the, the division was 2-0, but we have you know stuff going on with Ben. We got an expanding playoff, and we also have another controversial interception call. Uh, this time uh, favoring the Baltimore Ravens. Sonny, who represents the Ravens, SDG Sports, aka Sonny as well. How are you doing today, bro? I'm doing great. I, I think you guys would laugh if you hear us talking behind the scenes because I brought it up, and then as soon as I brought it up, Tony was like, "Let me just put this in the damn comment section." <laughs> I just wanted to get. I just wanted to gauge the audience. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, with one not an interception and ten being mm. definitely not an interception, how would you guys rate the Marcus Peters interception? That's all I'm asking. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. <laughs> Quincy, my friend, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, back from hibernation. Uh, I'm ready to jump back into it. Well, not necessarily yet. We're not talking about week ten. Week ten. Where were we at? I don't know. Um, but one of these weeks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, you know, ready to talk about this, uh, ready to gloat about how right I was about how that Steeler game was going to go down and, you know, talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Definitely, definitely. And as I said, I'm Ace Boogie representing the Bengals and New Stripe City. Let's go ahead and get into this. I think we're going to start with the Ravens game. There's already been some some stuff kind of laid down there. Quincy, (laughs) what were your thoughts on the Ravens game? Yeah. I, I've seen some Raven fans like um, pumping their chest about like, yeah, this proves we could come back from a lead. Yeah, they were down by three at halftime. I'm like, I don't know if this is the statement that y'all think it is. Um, but, you know, it's it's a step in the right direction. I didn't think the Ravens were at that point as a franchise to where they're looking for incremental steps here. But, you know, it was a good win against a good team. Um we know what the Ravens' issues are. We know who they're going to struggle against, and we know who they're not going to struggle against. There's a quality of team you have to be in order to expose some of the flaws that the Baltimore Ravens have. The Indianapolis Colts have not been playing on that level. Um, but if you're the Ravens, there are some things to still be concerned about. You're still not getting anything really of significance from Marquise Brown, who is supposed to be um, a game-changing player. You're still kind of up and down there on offense at times, but you know, you're good. You're a really good team. You're a 11 and 5, 12 and 4 team, and you take care of business most of the time. And look, you know, this is kind of similar to what the Chiefs were doing last year, right? The Chiefs were not the talk of the league. The Chiefs weren't blowing it up last year, but they ended up winning the Super Bowl because they got things right at the right time. Um, and the Steelers are kind of in the place that the Ravens were, where they were the hot team, but you know, the hot team really didn't do anything in the playoffs. We'll see if those trends hold, but for the Ravens, you know, good game, but we know when we're going to be impressed by something what the Ravens do because the bar is just much higher than beating Indy. That's stuff for Cleveland to get excited about, not, you know, Baltimore. Definitely. Sonny, what were your thoughts on the game? Okay, so this is the reason I think the Baltimore Ravens should be excited. Uh, this is a game that was set up for us to take a L, and then that first half was horrible. O-line was a disaster against a great D-line. Lamar Jackson was getting pressured throughout. I mean, that first half, we had literally no offense. Any, any, oh, the center, Skura, which also was playing trash on the blocking and the rocking, the run blocking and the pass blocking, he's now not even able to snap the ball directly. Lamar, Lamar was going all over the place. So, to, so he was going all over the place to get the ball, and the pressure was getting to him. That first half, after you watched that first half, 
if you're watching the Ravens game, you're like, the, t- the Ravens are going to lose. The only reason they have a score was because of a fumble return for a touchdown. And that made it 10-7, right? But before that, you're like, this team ain't moving the ball. And then second half comes, the Ravens move the ball. Move it all the way to the red zone. What happens? Fumble. You're like, nah, man. You, you, we definitely got to lose. The only good drive that you get, you get a fumble. Obviously, after that, the team turns around because that was not the only good drive. Lamar goes 10 for 10. The running game was some – there was a light uh, uh, of a running game, not like we have been before. We, we ran over 100 yards combined. Um, defense, look. The Ravens are thin. This is why I said this game was set up for us to lose. The Ravens were thin. Bond, as Tony knows Bond, because the Steelers exploited Bond. Bond was our third, and only, and we had only three healthy corners in that game because the fourth guy, which was another practice guy, got injured. Calais Campbell, we lose him in the first quarter. I mean, the injury was pile on. No Marlon Brown. They were again. They were moving the ball in the passing game. I have to give it to Marcus Peters because he got the fumble. He got the interception. There was a pick, was confirmed on review. They call it an incomplete pass on the uh, on the field, right? Incomplete pass. Harbaugh challenged the ball, uh, the call. And then you see Marcus Peters grab it with the tip of it uh, of a hand, four steps. You can go count it, four steps, loses the ball, fumble. At current catch, current catch rule is you secure the ball, right? You have it. Two steps, and if you make a third step, you're, it's automatically a catch, right? So Marcus Peters made a fourth, and in the fourth, as he's making the fourth step, he starts losing the ball, fumble. Uh, but the Ravens had a clear recovery. I think that was a great challenge by Harbaugh, obviously, uh, and, and the guys over there. That sealed the game, basically. Uh, the, the reality is Indy, other than from the first half, Indy couldn't do anything in the second half offensively, which, I, again, I was surprised because what the Ravens did, y'all know how the Ravens like to play defense. Man up, pressure. Well, they couldn't. After that first half, they couldn't because Bond was getting it. Exp- they were getting exposed. They were basically giving a lot of cushion to the receivers. So what they did was they started to play more cover two, more off ball, more zone, and that helped. And I will say – Shout out to the D-line because without Campbell, they actually generated some sort of pressure. They weren't getting to them. But without blitzing, they were generating some sort of pressure. That helped. Obviously, we got the W. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but we got the W. Again, it was a game that Indy, if you're Indianapolis Colts, you're like, that team is decimated. This is a t- the game that if we're ever going to beat the Ravens at home with a team from the C-list full of players that they couldn't practice, Calais Campbell out in the first quarter, not, not having their best uh, corner. And last thing I'm going to point out, they won the battle of the trenches. They just didn't want the turnover battle. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into Tony's comments on the game, uh, please be sure if you are watching this to make sure to subscribe and like this video. Also, the Super Chats are open. If you do want to have a comment read on here or you want to make a statement, uh, the Super Chats are open. That does guarantee that the AFC North Top will answer your question and we'll give you a response on that. Also, uh, we are also on Flick as well. It's called F-L-I-C-K. It's the Flick Sports app. Uh, if you want to talk all of this trash like we got going on right now in the comments, that is somewhere where you can do it. And also when we go live on game day, uh, we do have chats open to interact with everyone in there. But with that being said, Tony, what were your thoughts on this game? 
Well, I, I think, you know, I think this was certainly a good bounce back win for the for the Ravens, right? I said this last week, right? You know, just for science purposes, not because I'm a Ravens hater, but for science purposes, I would like to see them lose this game just to see how they would bounce back from uh, from back to back losses. Uh, but, you know, they got the win and that's what they needed to do, right? This was certainly not, a, as Sonny mentioned, this was not a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination. There are a lot of things I think the Ravens are going to go back and, and look at uh, and, and want to clean up. Yeah, there's still a lot of weirdness with this offense. I mean, this offense was is supposed to be the driving force of this team. You have a, a, an MVP guy in Lamar Jackson. This is an offense that threw up 14 points against against the Colts, right? They had the fumble touchdown, which was a great play, uh, def- a defensive touchdown. And then they had a field goal in this game that came after uh, a fumble that was basically a three and out for the offense, and they just kicked a, a Justin Tucker uh, field goal. So, look, this offense is still weirding me out. Like, I still don't know what to make of it. They had Once again, I talked about last week, their drive success rate, the fact that they are one of the worst teams in the league at going three and out, and here we are again. They went three and out four times in this game. Now, I know they're playing against the Colts. The Colts have one of the better defenses in the National Football League right now, so you can't really criticize them too much. But, you know, if you look at this on the whole, it is still a part of a bigger picture of an offense that I think still has been very disappointing. There's still no, the, the running game in this one never really got going. Lamar was their best runner. No deep shots down the field. This is a team that wants to attack you running the football and then exploit you deep. Neither of those things are working. And I do think if you're a Ravens fan, you can look at this game and say, well, this is a good defense. They took away our running game. They took away our deep shots. But we were still able to move the ball enough just by just by exploiting the middle of the field. If you look at Lamar Jackson's uh, passing chart, he pretty mm-hmm. much only threw the ball in the middle of the field. We know that's where Lamar likes to throw the football. So good to see the offensive coordinator there in Baltimore playing to Lamar's strengths, get that part of the offense going again. And then, you know, you could start to work on, hey, how do we get, you know, Marquise Brown down the field, that kind of thing. Not the defense was good enough in this game, certainly. But, well, you know, you bring in Yannick Ngakwe, you want to start to see some pressures, right? You want to start to see that manifest itself. Judon only Judon had a couple pressures in this game, a couple hits on Phillip Rivers, but no sacks whatsoever. And Rivers is not a guy who's great about moving around the pocket and everything. So uh, I think that's still going to be a little bit of a concern. But, you know, we're only two weeks into the Yannick Ngakwe uh, experiment, so not, not, not ready to, to put a, a grade on this. I do want to talk, though, about the interception because it was absolutely the turning point in this game, okay? You talk about the fact that the Ravens drove down, they got to the goal line, they fumble. Okay, and it did feel like at that point, boy, this Ravens team is broken in some ways, and they're going to go on to lose this game, and who knows what happens. And they got bailed out by an interception call. That has to be oh look. God, I bailed out. I, I they oh, it was hundred percent a bailout. This is a hundred percent. It is a no. textbook. If you look confirmed. up the definition, it was of, If you look up the definition of a bailout, it is the Marcus Peters interception overturn. That is the definition of a confirmed. bailout right now. Because holy cow, how in the world? Look, and and I'm a Steeler fan. Okay, I spent years of my life yelling about the Jesse James play. Okay. It took years off my life just screaming about it. And yet here, and then and the NFL actually does change the rule. And in very NFL fashion, they change the rule and make it just bad as it was before, because now everything's a catch. Guess what? Oh, you had it for like three seconds on the fingertips and, and everyone looking at the play goes, there's no way that's possession. There's no chance possession. that that's possession. No way. And you go, oh, well, he took four steps. Well, he kind of had possession. So yeah, sure. Interception. Great. No way, no way that that's an interception. By the law the fact, of the rule. The my question though, Sonny. My question though, Sonny. What is the what happened with Mike Williams and Donald Perm at the end of uh, the LA game? Were those catches? I haven't seen those. I, I no, literally I haven't seen those. Uh, but by textful of, of the rule, it's, it goes back to the Dallas Cowboys. Seth Bryan. Like that looked like a catch back then, but yeah. the rule said that wasn't a catch. 
that, this and that's might not look stocks. like a catch to you, but by the text of the rule, yeah, and that's what it was I, a catch. But if this is a catch now, like again, once again, I as a fan can watch the game and I have no idea what it catches. I literally have no idea. And the fact, you know, we thought replay needs to go. I, I hate Al Riveron more than anyone in the NFL front office because this, the, the rule on replay is it, it needs to be conclusive visual evidence. I need to look at this and say conclusively without a shadow of a doubt, this is what happened. How can you look at that play and say conclusively, oh yeah, definitely had possession. You cannot overturn yeah. that call. And the fact that Al Riveron continues every year to take the game into his own hands. I'm in New York and I'm, I, you know, I am King Emperor referee and I will just overturn call at, at, my, at my leisure. It's ridiculous. Get this guy out of it or just get rid of replay altogether. Because, I, again, I, I don't know what I'm watching. I watch these games and go, that's not a catch. That is a catch. And Al Riveron just goes, you have no idea what a catch. I'll tell you what a catch is. I go like this and I figure, oh, oh, the wind is going which way today? Okay, that's a catch. Yeah, great. I, I hate it. Get rid of replay. Three get rid steps. of that crap. There was a bailout in this game. The Ravens are fine. They won the game. Great. But that was a bailout, and it's on out of rotten. It's not, I'm not saying the NFL is biased towards the Ravens. The NFL sucks is what I'm saying. Ace, hearing the Stiller fan talk about how another team got calls when they got like five passing <laughs> ah, appearances. How many penalties did they get in the last three minutes of that uh, Cowboys game? <laughs> we ready to talk hey, about listen. They were perfectly good calls. No, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> One Demarcus Lawrence was just getting up, and his helmet hit Ben's stomach, and Ben was like, hey, "Oh my ribs!" Can't do oh. that. Can't do that. He he, he brushed he brushed oh, Ben Roethlisberger's helmet. But by oh, the letter of the law, third and twelve. By the way, on third and twelve, on his own twenty, on a drive that they ended up scoring at with like three minutes left. Uh, but you know, yeah. It's just hilarious to see Raven fans and Steeler fans go at it about getting the whistle when, you know, Browns fans and Bengals fans are smart enough to know you know, if you suck, you're going to lose regardless of money at that. So, you know, I mean, it ain't really that big of a deal. The Ravens were going to win this game. I will agree with you. The Ravens were going to come back and win this game regardless. But it was a bailout. It is a stupid call. I hate it. I hate the NFL. I hate replay. Uh, so for me, I think I think I had this game as a potential Ravens loss. I think I actually thought that the Ravens were going to lose this game, mostly because of the injuries coming into this game. Uh, but they did what they needed to do. It wasn't – it didn't really, like Tony said, take away from any of the concerns that we've seen from the Ravens. And when I say concerns, I talk about this offense looking and scoring as much as it did and looking as potent as it did last season. We're not seeing that Ravens offense this season, and we haven't seen it. The real concerning thing for me on this one was I thought that the Ravens needed to get back to being a running team, right? And when you see two and a half yards per carry for, for Gus Edwards, when you see the two-point – whatever yards per carry uh, for for Dobbins as well, that wasn't good. The thing that I did like, though, is that Lamar Jackson got back to trying to be Lamar Jackson. No, he wasn't super potent, but there was an even mix of his run plays and his passing plays. He could have been better in the passing game, uh, but he still was somewhat decent in terms of his completion percentage. So I'm not going to knock him there. No passing touchdowns, but did have the running touchdown. So I like that mix there. But as Quincy said, the weapons around him, you didn't really see what you kind of expected from them. Marquise Brown, you didn't see anything. Uh, some of the other guys, you didn't really see anything. Des Bryant, we saw nothing. And he was, I guess, sent back to the practice squad. So I don't know if that's indicative of Des and this offense. And while I was on Twitter, I kind of peeked around and saw a lot of Ravens fans upset with how bad they said that the play calling was in this game. So that that issue is still there. The other issue that is also lurking for them is the pass rush, right? That was another issue in this game. But at the end of the day, they found a way to win. So no matter which way they kind of came out of this game, they still found a way to win with all of the injuries that they had. 
Um, but it wasn't something that I think like Quincy is saying that gives you a super vote of confidence that the Ravens can bring this again, the same kind of game to the Steelers, to the Chiefs, to any of those teams that people may deem elite. So they went out and took care of business, but I think I need to see more from them to say that this is going to be a team that's going to be one of the top five in the NFL. And I think there's plenty of time left for them to prove that, but they did what you needed to do, which is go out, get a win. When you got key injuries, get healthy and come back and give us a better performance than that. Um, wasn't a bad performance, obviously 24 to 10, the defense came and did its thing. Just wanted to see more uh, pressure on the quarterback as well as more completions, at least on that Ravens offense. But overall, 24 to 10, can't be mad with that. Apparently, Phillip Rivers, my take on Phillip Rivers is, what, two or three weeks late now? I don't know what's <laughs> going on with that. Apparently, Phillip Rivers, when he decides that to not play the Bengals or any any defense like that, apparently he decides to show up now. So Phillip Rivers returned to the old Phillip Rivers uh, from, from three weeks ago. What's hey, up, Phillip, your Philip Rivers take is coming in late like an Xbox pre-order. Oh! <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, so we got a super okay, chat so here. Uh, before we get on, I'll, I'll toss it back to you, Sonny, to give you a chance for a rebuttal there. But we got a super chat. Shout out to Joanne Clark uh, for four ninety nine. She says, Tony, love your enthusiasm, but you need to calm down sometimes. It's I loved it. It's I loved impossible. it. I it's enjoyed impossible. that part. I apologize for <laughs> this possible. Two things. Two things. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson had a good, really good game. I think it's something that I mentioned. He picked his spot. Uh, Aaron said it there, uh, 19 from, uh, for 23. Not only that, he ran the ball fairly well, again, by an O-line that was playing terrible, and the center was not snapping the ball good. So he was getting the ball mm. all over the place. So it was hard to get in motion again. And then when he was dropping back, there was guys coming at him because – the line was not playing good. Um, and then the second thing I, I, I was, um, as Tony or Ace, one of you guys was talking, I went and checked that cash from Pratt. That, yeah, that, that was not a cash, guys. He, he didn't. He, he landed with two feet. He, if he, when he goes out of bounds, keeps the ball, as soon as he touches the ground, the ball pops out. The rule says if you land and you go out, out of bounds, you have to keep possession as you're going down. As soon as he touches the ground, the ball pops out. That is not a catch by the rule. We might not like the rule. I and I may agree with you guys. I, but calling it a bailout is the rule was this and you got this call. It was not a bailout by the letter of the law. That was an interception. One thing I love about Raven fans is that Raven fans are just like Browns fans, except for their team wins a little bit more because y'all really down here like, yeah, Lamar played great, 19 to 23. Yeah. The same people, the sa hold on, wait, 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 wait. The same people who have been down Baker Mayfield's throat for putting up literally that exact same, same performance number. saying, saying, <laughs> saying, saying, I this is the type of game, this is the type of game where you're trying to hide, like, oh, no, 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 are the same people telling me that those stats were evidence that the Browns were trying to hide their quarterback, hide his flaws, and that's why he's not a franchise quarterback. All of a sudden, Lamar goes 19 to 23, under 200 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, and we're saying it's a good game. Now, look, I don't think it's a bad game. I'm not going to yeah, sit here yeah. and hate on Lamar for it, but I'm also going to ask y'all to be consistent when it comes to this. Is, are they trying to hide their quarterback? 
Are the Browns trying to hide the quarterback? Is that evidence of a bad game there? Or are we going to start talking about these things with the with the nuance that it deserves rather than being like, well, you know, it's under 200 yards. You know, yeah. like, like yeah. Let, let, let's get some consistency on this because I, I don't remember many of you. I don't even remember Sonny talking about how Baker was having great games when he was going 19 to 23 with 200 yards and, and Nick Chubb was out gaining him in the run game. I remember that kind of being a joke on Baker Mayfield. But but, you know, the, the these are interesting takes that as the season goes on, yeah. we'll continue to uh, I'll continue to point out and no, be vilified no, in the I'm, comment section. I'm going to I'm going to double on that as well. When we say 19 to 23, but you threw for 170 yards, no touchdowns and no interceptions. You had a one rushing touchdown. That's a decent game. That's not a great game. That's not an amazing game. If we go back to Lamar Jackson from 2019, this is a great game for Lamar Jackson from 2019. 222 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. If you want to do the 170, the one that he had against the L.A. Rams through five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 170 yards. Let's talk about week one last year. You guys remember that. Five touchdowns, 324 right. yards. I, okay. Do not okay. tell me that this game was a great game well, for Lamar Jackson. All I'm asking for is that if we're going to hold Baker to this scale when he hasn't won an MVP, when he hasn't accomplished the things that Lamar does, I would expect you to hold a former MVP to a higher standard. Oh. That's all I'm okay. saying. Let, let you me know get, what I mean? Yeah. Let let me me get, get, let let I've seen these let me, shares let me throw of 160 and 170 yard games, and they are not good. First of all, I did not recall me saying he had a great game. I said no, he had no, a no. Good I was talking game. about your comments in there. Okay. I wasn't talking about you. I yeah. said he had a good game, and the reason for me why it's different. If Stanley mm. and Phillips was there, if his mm. O line was there, and he goes nineteen or twenty three, and and for uh, under two hundred and barely any rushing yards, then you can say, well, that's a, just an average game. When his O-line is decimated, his center is playing injured again uh, when snapping all over the place, right? Welcome and then to, he welcome gets, to Cincinnati. Welcome what, to what, Cincinnati. Where, where was this in 2019 when we were trashing Baker, though? Like, Baker had the worst offensive but line in football last year, and it was not an excuse to Ravens fans. It was not. Well, it was not a valid excuse to Ravens fans that he yeah, had a bad offensive I can line. Tell you, not if you I can have tell you. a banged-up offensive line, not a bad offensive line. Let me be clear. Yeah, it's just banged up. It's not. It's not. No, no, no. The Bengals at the beginning of the season, that's bad. When no, Miles Garrett the last game. The Bengals, yeah, the last where, game where Joe Burrow against a Tennessee Titans team went 26 of 37, 200 yards, and had two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, that was better than that? Yeah. Lamar yeah, Jackson's when, no. When, when, your offensive line's best player, when your offensive line's best player is Jonah Williams and he's out, that's a terrible offensive line. You still got Orlando yeah. Brown. You still got guys on that offensive I line. I understand. But all My I'm saying is, where's guys. the consistency with this? Like, with Lamar, I, we want to use the excuse of, well, he doesn't have wide no. receivers. Well, he doesn't have an offensive line. Well, the run game didn't show up. Well, he's the MVP, the most valuable player, right? That's when he won last year. No, 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 no. He's the most valuable player. That's what he won last year. He doesn't need to have these things because the MVP needs to be the MVP, needs to be the best guy. There ain't no MVP okay. out here so, getting carried by a supporting cast. What, what, what? Since when have we ever done that? So why is the MVP of the league? But I'm not saying league, none of that. Why? Why is the MVP of the league? 
consistently. And this is partly me talking about some of the things you've said, but more or less what I hear about the common rhetoric about Lamar Jackson and the excuses that I hear when he doesn't have a great game is why is the MVP of the league? And he deserved that MVP every bit. Why is somebody who won MVP every time he does not have great success gets get so many excuses on why he wasn't successful when he's supposed to be the MVP. If you're the man, be the man. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking out of Lamar. Like, you're that dude at the quarterback. Hold on. At the quarterback position, at the quarterback position, you're supposed to be get the ball in his hands. He's going to make magic happen, and you can't make magic happen. And then we looking at everybody else now? Like, come on now. This is the same no, thing. When I, no, and look, no, no, I'm going to be no, no. fair and consistent with this. Because when people say this about LeBron, when LeBron's not performing in the NBA playoffs or something, or when LeBron would choke and they'd be like, well, there's some teammates around him. He's LeBron. He's got to rise above it. Like, that's that's just what it is. You're the, you're, <laughs> you're the man. That's what that's what y'all told me Lamar was. He's the man. So if that's what Lamar is going to be, I would, yeah, love to, I would love to see people hold him up to the same standard. Y'all want to talk about how okay. he's a better player than Patrick Mahomes? Y'all want to tell me about that? Then hold him to the same bar. That's all I'm saying. Be consistent. Yeah. All right. So, ahead, so at least for, let's let's go for for the facts in this show. I've been pretty consistent. I've been calling Joe Burrow playing great because he has a battle line. I've been saying week in and week out, Joe Burrow is playing on a phenomenal level because of that O line. Before the season started, I'm benching in this show. Well, the Browns' biggest problem was what? The O-line. The fact that he they didn't have any tackles last year. And the fact that they brought two new tackles this year. How that would have been an improvement for Baker this year, right? And uh, for Lamar, when they play against the Steelers, I would came in this show and I said, this loss was on Lamar. If Lamar would have played like he played uh, um, against Indianapolis with, against the Steelers, that game would probably be a W instead of a loss. So I'll, I've been consistent when Lamar plays bad. I will tell you Lamar played bad. All I'm saying, wasn't that Lamar was great? Wasn't that Lamar performed this magical game? I said the offense in the first half was non-existent. But if we go back and analyze how Lamar played, he was good. Not great. I'm not saying great. Not MVP level. He was good because – the O-line was not protecting him. Sometimes as the snap was getting to him, there was already pressure to him. The running game was not getting on his track. So all I'm saying was in the context of this game, he was good. Not great. Just good, no, Quincy. That's all. Him being, in the context was, of him being Lamar Jackson, that was not good. Like, if Baker does that, sure. Baker Mayfield does not have that high of a bar because Baker Mayfield's been either mediocre, garbage, or all right. Like, that's that's the range of things. He's either been one of those three things, and then a couple of times he's been great. Like, I'm not bullish on where Baker Mayfield's at or, like, lying to you about that. But if you're going to say the same game that would be a good game for Baker Mayfield is somehow the same game for somebody who no. won the MVP no, last year. Like, like yeah, I'm, yeah, just saying, I'm just saying, when we're talking about Lamar, we need to talk about the fact that this man has only gotten over 200 yards in three games this season. He has a game in which he finished the entire game where he played four quarters, where he had 97 yards passing, 170 yards against the Colts, <laughs> 208 and two interceptions with two touchdowns against the Steelers. He has not been playing well, not even no, Remotely, not even remotely no, close to where he's supposed to be. And I'm just hearing, well, it's this. Well, it's that. I, what, I do you, think, we look at Lamar. 
All right, I'm done with okay. this. No, no, I, oh, I, my I, bad. I don't I, want I to get think, into this. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we just, I'm going to agree with Sonny on this one because I do think this was a good, I mean, look, you know, we have to, I think we just have to expand our vocabulary a little bit because, you know, we talk about great games and you bring up like the games you had last year against the Dolphins or some of those games where you had like five touchdowns and 200 rushing yards. Those were spectacular, you know, mm-hmm. transcendent play games where like we were thinking about Lamar Jackson as like changing the position as a whole, right? You know, so yes, this was clearly not that game, of course. Exactly. But I do think, you know, in the spectrum of like Lamar Jackson, this is more good than bad. I think, you know, Lamar Jackson was the reason why they won this game because offensively they were doing exactly nothing moving the ball. I mean, they were, you know, J.K. Dobbins had a billion yards rushing last week and so did Gus Edwards. They weren't doing it this week. They needed Lamar to move the football. Now, was he he traditional Lamar MVP? Like, am I going to give him MVP off of this? Absolutely not. But he was good enough to win the football game, which at this point is okay. Lamar Jackson is not in the MVP consideration this year, nor should he no. be. Uh, so, no. you know, he was good enough in this game. Was he great? No, I wouldn't say he was great. He was good, good enough, yes. But, you know, those other games he had uh, when we talked about last year, those were like the spectacular MVP position All I'm saying is it's like <laughs> if I was Lamar Jackson and I won the MVP last year, and y'all talk about 19 to 23 for 183 yards is a good game for me, I would feel disrespected, quite honestly. Like, he he knows he's better than this. And this is what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying, oh, Lamar's overrated or whatever. I'm saying mm-hmm. Lamar knows he's got to be better than this. He can't yes. be he can't be 200-yard passer every week guy. Like, like hold him to this bar I, I think the bar is just kind of disrespectful to what he put into work and this is like why are you letting this bar be this low for somebody who's accomplished as much as he has i understand it when the bar is low for baker mayfield or joe burrow as a rookie or even big ben coming off an injury but ben's bar is not nearly even that low but why are we letting the bar be so low for lamar jackson when the bar should never be that low like i don't care how bad he's played recently the man won the mvp last year he should be playing better. He should hold himself to a higher standard. And Raven fans, you're doing yourself a disservice when you give him excuses like, oh, the offensive line. Like, no, he needs to play better. Y'all, that's who y'all need to show up for that offense. Like, whoever y'all got, y'all bet on him. Y'all gonna give him all the money in the world when he gets up for his deal. That's who y'all need to show up there. Um, so, you know, I would think it would do better for him. And honestly, I do think it's kind of, I know y'all think I'm hating on Lamar, but I just think <laughs> it's kind of disrespectful that a man who won MVPs out here getting a pat on the back for 182 yards. Like, like that's stuff we did his rookie year when we didn't think he could throw the ball or whatever. Yeah. Like that, that, that's the, that's just where I'm at. We're like, how did the bar regress to the point to where we acted like he just came out of Louisville? Like, I, Louisville. I, 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 I agree yeah. with your I agree with your your general point, but I think I disagree that this game fits into that, right? Like I wouldn't I don't think that, you know, oh, he only had 170 yards passing or whatever it was, so it was a bad game. Like I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, the context here matters a little bit. I mean, they were playing against a good defense. Uh they were coming off of a, you know, historically bad game for the franchise. So, you know, I will grade on a curve that way. I agree with you, like, you know, Lamar's gotta play better in general. Speaking, you know, yes. speaking about his entire season, this offense has to be better than it is right now. I don't know that this game I'm looking at and going like, well, this is why they're not. You know, this is why the offense isn't good. Yeah, I'm just speaking more in general. I don't need to complain about that. For me, yeah. I just, I just disagree with it being a good game. I think that it was an average game uh, for me because I think if you said that Russell Wilson had this game, or if you said that Pat Mahomes had this game, you wouldn't be saying that this is a good game, like by any stretch. I think it was just average. I don't think that it was bad. But I think the fact that he threw for 170 yards or 180 yards or whatever, no passing touchdowns, no interceptions, which is a good thing, and had the rushing touchdown, that's cool. But I just, for me to say good, I'd have to say that he at least threw for either 200 yards or 
He threw for 180 and had two touchdowns, a rushing one and a passing one. That's the only reason why I'm saying, like, to me, it was just an average game for me for him. I'm just was, saying, patting him on the back for less than 200 yards. Like, I get that there was yeah. an impressive play. Like, but I'm saying, like, that just feeds into me. the narrative where it's like, oh, that, well, maybe he's not a passing quarterback because you are, like, saying, hey, good job, man. You almost got 200 yards, Lamar Jackson. Like, he's better yeah, than that. And, like, he didn't do and, more yeah. than that. Like, like, stop with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we do that for Josh Allen at the beginning of this season. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just – Bengals I'm fans just, did that for Andy Dalton all of the time. That's why it really strikes a chord with me because Andy Dalton has had games like that and people would say, Andy played Break good, out. and I would be sitting there like, nah, that's that's not good. All right, so moving on to the next game, we've got the Steelers uh, versus Cowboy. the Cowboys. This was this was one I'm going to let Quincy go ahead and go first because he was spot on with this one. So, Quincy, what were your thoughts on, yeah, on the Steelers-Cowboys game? Oh, yeah. All of the Steelers games this year, and I've watched a lot of the Cowboys play this year. I knew exactly what was going to happen here. The Steelers are going to try to win this game playing as little quarters as possible. And look, people are going to criticize the Steelers for having this game come close. I think this is brilliant, honestly, Quan. Because if you're the Steelers, you already had your bye week in week four. You got a veteran team. Look, you need to find a way to conserve energy. You need to, what they call it, minutes restrictions. <laughs> that's what they be doing in the NBA, right? Low management. Low management. Yeah, I love it. I promise you. They were, I promise you. These are veteran guys. These are guys who've been on good teams. Everybody was in that locker room on the defensive side of the ball like, hey, um, so we're going to chill for like the first half. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're going to be able to beat us. And then if it comes down to it, we'll do the same thing we did against Philly. You know what I mean? Like, like he ain't Carson Wentz, so we're going to be able to come back on him pretty easy. Uh, and that's what they did there. I said, what, Car- what Derek Gill would probably have, like, close to 300 yards, a touchdown, an interception, or two interceptions or something like that. Pretty close to what he had in this game. Uh, look, this means nothing for if the Steelers are overrated or whatever. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. The Steelers are very good. They're probably going to beat a very good team by, like, 20 points next week or whoever they play next. Like, they'll beat Cincinnati. the Bills. It's Cincinnati week. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll do something. Like, trust me, it, it it ain't going to change a single thing. Don't think you about to catch them because they slipped up a little bit against the Cowboys. This is the same thing we've talked about for four weeks straight with the Steelers. Well, they weren't beating these teams convincingly, where they weren't beating these teams convincingly. And that's why I was hanging on to 6 and 10. And then I have learned this lesson forcefully. Like, <laughs> like when it comes to the Steelers, they're just going to do that against bad teams. They're going to play down to their level. But when they play the good teams, they play at a level. It's why they can beat the Browns by 30 points and only beat the Cowboys by three. It's because... They're conserving energy. They're not really out here trying to work. They're not trying to blow out the Cowboys because why? What do you gain from blowing out the Cowboys? Do you gain a spot in the playoffs? No. I get the trash talk on this podcast. The Steelers should feel for me. Now I have to go in here and explain what happened. Yeah, see, see, the only thing it does is mute Tony a little bit, and you know what? Shout out to that. Um, but you know, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen here. Um, the Steelers defense will play a little bit soft, let things happen a little bit early on. Um, you know, uh, Garrett Gilbert, for what it's worth, he can rip it a little bit. Like he can throw downfield mm-hmm. a little bit more than a Cooper Rush. Like I thought, if Cooper Rush was going to play, this might have been different because Cooper Rush can't throw the ball past ten yards in Boise, um, let alone in the NFL. Uh, so. I felt like Garrett Gilbert gave him a better chance to win. He had a decent showing there. Stayed. I like the stuff I saw out of him. Um, it's just, you know, new quarterback, no time to prepare for him. Guy doesn't have any NFL tape. Sometimes you're going to be able to hit some things early. You got some good guys who are good on Yak. C.D. Lamb was there for Garrett to take advantage of. Um, and they did those things. Um, the Steelers did what they had to do at the end. The Cowboys 
did exactly what they needed to do at the end, right? Talk about sloppy football. How many penalties cost them this game? Like, I would blame it on one if there were one, but, like, there were, like, 15 of these things. that they, Pass interference when you don't need pass interference. Defensive holding when you don't need it. All sides when you don't need it. Quarter uh, roughing the passer, whether you think it's a good call or not. Call. You should know on third and 12, if Ben's about to wind it up, just let him throw it. You're not going to get that call on your side. But, no, they they had to test these boundaries. They had to be undisciplined. Um, what, Trayvon Diggs got ejected from the game um, for fighting Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, come on, dog. Juju, you're going to fight Juju. Like, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. It's just, come on. Like, they're, they're undisciplined. Mike McCarthy, by the way, um, he's on the verge of getting fired after one year after somebody who was such a hot head coaching candidate coming into it. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's exactly what we thought. Well, at least exactly what I thought was going to happen, where the Steelers would, you know, come out chilling, not really try that hard. Then Big Ben gets injured, and then, you know, he lights it up after that. And, you know, nothing's more dangerous than a Big Ben that get. Why do people still try to sack him? Just don't touch him. Like, literally. <laughs> hey, can I just go on a quick tangent here as a Browns fan? Stop trying to sack Big Ben. Nothing good ever happens when he's playing good and you're trying to sack. Either you hurt him and he plays better or he escapes the pocket and finds Chase Claypool 40 yards down the field for a touchdown. Like, the fat guy Change chasing Ben. Well, fat guy chasing Ben out the pocket and then Antonio Brown catching, like, one of those corner routes, you know, just mm -hmm. on the run. It, it's embedded into my head so much. It's it's traumatic, honestly, at this point. So stop trying to tackle Ben. Stop trying to hurt Ben because the only thing you do when you hurt Ben is then he gets in his head, oh, I'm fighting against the odds. I'm limping. He ain't really hurt. Like, <laughs> and then he lights it up. Like, I, I think I tweeted it right when that injury happened. Yeah, it's a wrap for the Cowboys. They were down by, like, 17 at that point. The Steelers were something like that. I was like, this is a wrap. They're coming back now because Ben's hurt. It, no behold ben has the drive of his like game that same drive and it dramatically comes back running from the tunnel as if he thought he was in jeopardy because he finished the last drive like no dog you were hurt you're just dramatic and nothing ben loves more than the dramatics that's why these games are always close with the steelers it's because ben loves to be dramatic like to stop like it, please i'm not gonna take any takes or like well they play close with the cowboys so they're due for a slip up nah Nah, nah, nah. I fell for that trap too many times. They're gonna be they're gonna be whoever by 40 or whatever. It's gonna be the same old crap with the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I think like Quincy said, if you're a Bengals fan, Browns fan, or just any fan that has had Ben Roethlisberger come back, this was something that we all expected. I mean, and I think it came out not one knee, but both knees. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, all. He's got all, all of his knees, everything. His elbows, oh everything. His all elbows, joints, everything. All yeah. <laughs> we knew what was going to happen, but watching this game, it was, it was definitely a weird game. Uh, the Steelers came out somewhat flat to start the game. And then there was that play, I think, that really changed the game, which is, Dallas's uh, special teams in this game played out of their minds. And I think that return that they had where there was the penalty on it for the illegal block in yeah, the back, yeah, the I think that, that, definitely, thing, yeah. that definitely changed the whole like outcome of the game for me, especially when you see the guy like fall over the Steelers guy there. You think if he just hurdles over that guy, they're going for a touchdown. That actually ended up being a drive that um, – it basically got stopped and was a field goal instead of it being something like that. That was a big play in that game. But the thing that we also saw was the fact that the Steelers are deep at the wide receiver position. 
because some of the guys who weren't the notable notable guys made plays. James Washington goes in and gets a touchdown. Eric Ebron, I think, got one as well. Yep. So you had guys making plays that aren't your typical guys for the Steelers, and that's what makes them so dangerous, that anytime they can cut it on, go five wide, and you don't know how to really stop them through the air. The only thing that I saw that was concerning to me was James Conner just does not look like he's really fitting into that role there as the running back. But outside of that, this is what the Steelers do. They just win. Ben can come back into a game with the injury and drive them down the field and win. And when teams don't kind of push down on the gas and just kind of try to get them away, this is what happens. The Steelers come back at the end of the game. They win the game. The pass rush definitely made their plays and really made the statement at the end of the game, getting that sack to wrap it up. Uh, but that's just what it is. So we'll have to see how long they keep surviving. Uh, but they are undefeated, and they're finding a way to win. Before we came on the air today, I told Tony, they're just finding a way to win. That's what they that, that's what they can do. You can't do that like Tony told me in the playoffs. But as of now, it's the regular season, and they're getting by with it. So before we get into the next one, we have a super chat here from Corey Stainbrook for $5. Appreciate that, Corey. Uh, super chats are open if you guys do send us a super chat, it guarantees your comment to be read like this one from Corey. And he says, thank you for all, for, thank you all for the awesome AFC North content. How much are the Steelers missing Tyson Alualu and Mike Hilton? So I'm going to pass that to Tony uh, to answer. And then Tony, you can get into yeah. to the Steelers game. It's hard. I'll tell you what, Corey, it's hard to tell, right? Certainly they were, you know, they were missed against uh, the Ravens because, you know, the, the running game got out. Alualu has been so good as a nose tackle. The, the Ravens were good in that game rushing the football. I think he was certainly missed in that game. And Alualu has been great. Hilton's also very underrated as a, as a tackler. Uh, the Steelers didn't want to come out of their base lineup in this game. Uh, Hilton would be a part of that nickel defense. They didn't really go to nickel a lot in this game. They basically went from base to, to dime. Uh, so I think, I think missing both these players has certainly had an impact on the, on the team. But here's the thing. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell in this specific game because what we get again is the Bizarro Steelers, which just shows up every time Mike Tomlin has a, you know, when he's favored by 10 on the road against a bad team. By the way, Mike Tomlin in those situations, favored by 10 or more on the road, facing a bad team, one and nine against the spread. You can make a, you can make a living betting against Mike Tomlin in those situations. I don't understand it. Now, what I did find funny in this game was like, I just imagined all, you know, I, of course I read all the comments last week about the real Ravens fans, very upset. They, they felt like, we, they were the better team against the Steelers, and the Steelers, you know, they're fake, and we, we had them. And I could just imagine Ravens fans watching this game, Steelers, Cowboys, and, like, going full Dennis Green. Like, you know, all, all they had to do is bang the podium. They are who we thought they were. But, you know, here's the thing. For us Steelers fans, like, we knew, okay? We knew it was good. I was joking with my dad before when the game before the game even started. We were saying it's not, it's not a question if this game is going to be close or if the Steelers could lose. It's a question of how, right? How? Is this going to happen? Because I've seen this one already, right? This is like, this is like when, my, when my niece is coming over. It's like, what do you want to watch today? Frozen. Oh, we're going to watch that one again. Great. Here we go again. It's all, here we go. And we're going to watch the Steelers play a close game against a crap team. I've seen this one already. Uh, now, the fun part, thank you, NFL writers, for at least sprinkling in some new stuff for us. Because I'll tell you what, the fact that Chris Boswell missed an extra point in this game, had another one blocked, but then made, I believe, a career-long 59-yard yeah. <laughs> field goal. That, 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 is, that's an, that's, that is that is sports Emmy-worthy on that one, okay? The fact that the Steelers uh, coming in this game, coming in this missed. game out. <laughs> that's right. He missed it, and then he made it after the false start. That's right. That's right. Great point, actually. This, <laughs> the, the, the Cowboys had the third-worst rushing defense by EPA, worst by yards allowed going into this game. 
The Steelers had one yard to go on third or fourth down three times in this game. They converted zero. And by the way, if you think, well, Connor's playing poorly, sure, but he only got one attempt. Benny Snell got another. He failed. Rookie Anthony McFarlane got another. He failed as well. That was really fun to watch. A, a terrible, a terrible Dallas defense coming up big in big situations. It looked like Ben Roethlisberger tore his ACL at one point in the game. I thought he was going to be Byron Leftwiching his way, you know, for the offensive line carrying him from play to play in this game. And of course, in, in true Ben fashion, he has the best. He has the best drive of the whole game. I mean, the beautiful touchdown to James Washington after the injury. Being Carol, I can't do this. The punt return you talked about, the Music City Miracle. My favorite part about that play, the guy dropped it. The guy who was supposed to catch it actually dropped it. He had to pick up the ball, mm-hmm. okay, which should have slowed him down and allowed the, the, allowed the guys to, to catch up to him. Nah, he's right down the side. Like you said, he should have scored a touchdown. As long as he do was hurdle the guy. The other one that you didn't talk about, my favorite play, the, the, the coup de grace. The, the, I mean, again, NFL script writers, you can't make this up. You cannot make this up. The Steelers had a kickoff from the 50. They could boot it out the back of the end zone if they want to. No, 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 no. We're going to pin him deep. We're going to kick it to the one-yard line. We only have to run like 40 yards to the guy. This is going to be easy. And the guy takes it from the corner of the end zone at the one-yard line, runs straight to the Steelers' 20. How? Where is everybody? What are we doing? What's happening? I I mean, this game was like, again, it was bizarro Steelers. I have no idea what I was watching. I, I, You know, me trying to analyze this game, I take the film. I put it to, you know, in the garbage can. I say, I don't know what that was, but never again, right? I mean, the, the two things are true about this game. One, Ben was clutch again. Credit to Ben. No interceptions. He, if he has one more turnover-free game, that'll give him seven on the year. He hasn't had seven turnover-free games since 2014. Okay, it's been a minute <laughs> since Ben Roethlisberger has been this clean with the football. So credit to him for that because, boy, this was a game where everything felt like was going wrong. He was good. And then the defense, who did not play well throughout the game. They did this spot zone thing that I talk about against bad quarterbacks. Jeff Driscoll had some success. I hate when they do this, but they did. They did have some success at the end of the game, though. And that's where they've been clutch. I mean, this defense, at the end of a game, defend a one-score lead. I think they're like 10-0 and 0 in those. The last time they lost a game in that situation was against the Ravens last year. And that game was in overtime. Juju fumbled. Uh, so, you know, I think that was much more about the turnover than it was the defensive play. It's always obviously fumbling. Yeah, the, uh, the, the here's the thing I'll say about this game, right? Because people are going to talk about, you know, this game, this Steeler team has now played three straight games where they should have lost, right? You could you could make strong arguments. They should have lost to Tennessee. Three turnovers, three bad turnovers in that game. You can make an, an excuse, or you can say that they should have lost to, to the Ravens last week, you know, as, as poorly as they played offensively in the first half, as many rushing yards as they gave up. And then, of course, this week, <laughs> whatever that was, they certainly could have lost this game. At this point, though, what I'll say about the team is, you know, we yes, it's nice that they are getting wins. They are accumulating wins. They're now at eight wins. They cannot have a losing season. But we now get into the second half of the year where I think these games need to start happening less, right? It's it's cute to talk about these games where it's like, boy, didn't they get away with that one? But they're not going to just keep getting away with them, right? This is not a team that's going to just continue to, oh, look, they got away with it in the AFC Championship game. Now they're in the Super Bowl. Like, that's not going to happen. So this team needs to start playing complete games. The nice thing for us Steeler fans is an 8-0 football team that has not peaked yet. They're not even close to peaking yet. In fact, they're in like a valley oh, right now. They just gosh. keep playing poorly. Uh, so they need to they need to play better as this year goes. And, and you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, obviously I'm happy to be 8-0. Uh, the Steelers are, you know, the best record in the league in line right now for, for a home playoff game, uh, maybe even a bye week. So we'll see what happens. But this was certainly a strange game. He said maybe a bye week, like he's not confident. <laughs> All right. Well, it's uh, only a one loss to the it's only one one loss to the Chiefs so far. So 
Gotcha. Before we uh, we get back into it, uh, shout out to Russell Shearer. I hope I'm saying your name right for three ninety nine. Appreciate that super chat. Says love all your work, Quincy's especially. Go Browns, Quincy. You had something that you wanted to say. Oh yeah, thank you, Russell. By the way, I put some fire on Sunny earlier today, Tony. I don't want you to think that you're exempt from this. Um, you told me that the Jets were going to beat the Patriots. Listen, don't, no, 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 don't. no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The same logic you used, the same logic I used correctly, by the way, about how we knew the NFL writers are going to have this be a close game against <laughs> the Cowboys is exactly what I told you was going to happen with the Jets, is that the Jets can just, they're not physically capable of beating the Patriots. Why? You're Flacco, man. They're the Jets. Like, they're the Jets, and that's Bill Belichick. Like, it, as long as he's on that sideline, <laughs> especially when you're 0-8, you're not about to do it. Just like the Browns were incapable of beating the Ravens on Monday Night Football when Jim Harbaugh was on the, John Harbaugh, sorry, they could have beat Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh, sorry. Um, but John Harbaugh, you know, they ain't being John Harbaugh. So, you know, uh, Tony, as much as I went on Sunny about the Lamar stuff, I had to go to you about why you thought in the world that it was logical that the 0-8 Jets were about to beat the Patriots because you know what the 0-8 Jets are. They, well, you no. know what this they is. Like, they they, come on, stop it. Stop. They had them. They never had them. They were never going to win that game. They're the Jets. They never going to make that field goal. Joe Flacco was always going to throw that interception. This is what they are. They are the – you can play that game. You, look, look, here's why I'll say this. This is a testament to why it doesn't matter that the Steelers came close to the Cowboys. When good teams play sorry teams, they don't go all the way. They don't go hard against those teams. That's, that's why say, yep. That's why the 0-16 Browns were like 10 plays away from going 10-6. They lost those games by like three and two points collectively because nobody was actually taking them serious. All right, so the fact that this game was close just means that Bill Belichick was like, I'm going to give them a chance to win it and watch them lose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe they can do it. They can't do it. They couldn't beat the Jets. Couldn't beat the 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 New England Patriots if the Patriots are starting Brian Hoyer had to swap him out with Jared Stidham or whoever, whatever sorry backup they got going out there. Julian Edelman got hurt, and you spotted the Jets thirty points into the third quarter. They would find a way to blow that game because it's what they have done. It's what they have done. It's just it's like if you're asking if Deshaun Kaiser can ever. Be Beat the Steelers. The answer is never. No, he will never do it. He will never, ever in his life beat the Steelers because he's the Sean Kaiser. Like this is what it is at this point. Uh, but yeah, that's all I gotta say. Is come on, dog. You know Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Jets can just came within three points of beating the Patriots. Everyone said, no, no chance, no chance, no chance, no chance, no chance. last week, okay? They came within three points of last second field goal. I mean, listen, Joe Flacco. Just Look what it took. It took Joe Flacco and Bishar Perriman to go back to the same thing on the Steelers. It, it took the ghost of Ray Lewis to come out there and play for the Jets, and they still love. Like, Joe Flacco is out there playing like he did when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, and they still lost to the Sarge. They had this one. Like, this, was, this was my best call. This was my call of the week. This was my 100% call of the week. I had this one. I had this one. I had this one. I had this one. I take no L on this one. I take no L. I, no L. No. Cam Newton's out there. Cam Newton can't even juke upfield without falling on the ground. Like, he looks so old now. And they still lost to a Y because they the Jets, baby. That's just that's just asking why the Falcons blew leads. Like, why do you think? Why are we questioning this? It's just what they do. The Jets just lose no, the to the on national TV. The the By the way, I will okay. say this. The Jets will never beat Bill Belichick on national TV. 100% 
put it in stone. As long as Bill Belichick is the coach there, they will never beat Bill Belichick on national TV. Never, ever, ever, ever in their life will they beat Bill Belichick on national TV. It's not happening, dog. The same way the Browns are never beating Big Ben on national TV, by the way. I'm being fair with this. It's, there's some things that ain't just meant to happen. You got to wait till these dudes retire. Uh, so, yeah, let me let me stop extending the show here just to rant about the Jets who ain't even in the AFC North. I'm just saying, Tony, come on. You thought the Jets were about to lo- beat, the, beat the Patriots they were, on national they were, TV? I had this one. That's hey, a W. That's a W for me. W. No, All right. A right. couple uh super chats to run through. Then we got to get back to my man, Sonny, to give his recap of, of that game. <laughs> Uh, Codex, appreciate that. He's got a $2 super chat here. He says, is Joe Flacco a future Hall of Famer? Uh, me personally, no. we are. As a Ravens fan, as a Ravens fan, I will say uh-huh. Flacco had a Hall of Fame run through the Super Bowl. And other than that, <laughs> you will consider Flacco. No, no, no. The reality is Joe Flacco had Super one run. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. A super. Okay, you said, hall of, you said hall of fame run. But my point, my wait, wait. My point is wait. like Joe Montana had that same type of run, and but a hall of fame is a hall of fame career, right? right. Joe Flacco has not had a hall of fame career. Joe Flacco is a average to good quarterback throughout his career. That's what mm-hmm. Flacco is, right? And 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 See, he has I, been. Okay. And Ravens had good teams. He's Nick Foles. The Ravens had Nick Foles. Team. He's Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles. He's Nick Foles. He's Nick Foles. I, I think, if Nick Foles I think he's better. No, he's Nick career. Foles, but he was able to get PI calls down the field, which moved the ball. No, so, no. Flag- Nick and Nick Foles never had Ray Rice, so, you know, that was. Flacco was a better version of Nick Foles. He he's also Nick was healthy, healthier throughout his career. The real and question is if Joe is a Ravens ring of fame member. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a level of quite intrigue. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if he's up there because Joe Flacco next to, like, yeah. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. Nah, get that out of here, son. Like, come on nah, now. Like, nah, we'll, he, we'll he's a ring of fame. Mason, yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. Flacco. We'll, we'll put a plaque up. We'll put a plaque up somewhere in the bathroom for Joe Flacco. No, no, he's a ring of honor. He's a ring of honor. Yeah, All right. Five, we got five, a couple eight. other ones here. Joven Sharp for $5. Appreciate that one. My girlfriend Megan is a Steelers fan. Told her that X Chargers are damaged good. First Ladarius, now DJ Watt. To let's they go, did. got y'all again. <laughs> Listen, Ladarius, Ladarius Green. I thought he was going to be like a superstar. The guy couldn't stay healthy. He got the concussion against the Bengals, and that was the end of his career. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Derek Watt. Now I don't understand what's happening with Derek Watt. He's hurt every single week. I guess he had he re-injured his hamstring again going into this game. The Steelers paid him like $3 million for this year for a guy who's going to be a fullback and a special teamer, and he's not even on the, he's never on the field. Uh, maybe he could have been there to, to stop the, the 50 yard return on that the was a favor to, to TJ, I'm right? The Watt brothers, bro. Hey, you gotta give them credit. They look yeah. out, they look out, they look out. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get damaged goods, JJ Watt next year. Can't wait for it. The Watt brothers are like, hey, unless all of us get into the club, ain't nobody getting into the <laughs> club. You gotta respect that. Oh, Joe Nubo, yeah. he had a great video, by the way. Joe Nubo, I uh, all Steeler fans should go watch uh, Joe Nubo's video right after they lost to the, to the Steelers. Great video, loved it. Love yeah, <laughs> definitely a, a super chat from Joe. Appreciate that, bro. Definitely be sure to subscribe to his Black YouTube goat. channel if you haven't. He says, put some respect on Flat Goat's name. Oh, I, I have a lot of fond memories of Joe Flacco. My favorite being the the, the Troy uh, Polamalu yeah. catch 
I in the championship game. Uh, that I think right <laughs> there, he could have retired right there. Back, he would have gone in the Steelers Ring of Honor, right? He could have retired on the spot right there. He would definitely be a Ring you, of Honor. When the Bengals, when the Bengals had their streak against the Ravens, when it was like five games. It was because of Joe Flacco. So we definitely okay. appreciate Joe Flacco. Let, let, me, let, me, let me do my take real quick here on the Steelers game. I will say something that Quincy said that that was going to be one of my takes was good teams find a way to win, bad teams find a way to lose. The Cowboys found a way to lose. The Steelers found a way to win. Look, a name that I thought Tony was going to bring out that I haven't heard, Effie Minka, man. Yeah, he was like... Good. He was like the ball was looking for him, right? He was the ball attracted Minka. Minka, this was Minka's game, right? Uh, if 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 Minka didn't have a couple of those clutch situations, we might be talking about a different game. But again, I thought Cowboys was gonna find a way to lose. Look, the reality is the only thing I will say about the Steelers is they're a good team. The Cowboys were a bad team. They did what they needed to do to win, but they need. They cannot keep going on the slow starts because that will bite them in the essence and point. At some point, they're going to get to a team that the team... Well, Quincy, you might shake your head against a bad team. It won't be against a bad team. But if they play a good team with a decent offense, it will bite them in the ass. I'm not saying right. it will happen. They, they might come back against a good team, but at some point... And, and, and when it happens, it, it's going to happen. It's, if they keep with a slow start, it will happen. The question is, when will it happen? Will it happen in the regular season? Will it happen in the playoffs? But it's not a matter if they keep starting as slow, it's when it will happen. Now, they can turn around, again, because they have the potential. I don't understand why they have to start slow in every game, right? It's like, why? But they can turn that around. Like Tony said, they have things that they can do better. I, I will agree with Tony on something here. I think they have him peak, at least on offense. I think on defense, they probably peak already. But on offense, I don't think they have they have peak. Um, they think they, they have a lot of room to improvement. And the running game, they, they have to do something with this running game. I don't understand how this running game is so bad right now. Uh, I don't I, I disagree here with Ace. I don't think it's uh, Connor. I think it's something either a scheme. I'm not sure what it is. But it's, it's the running game needs to get better uh, so they can control some of the, the line of scrimmage and time of possession. But Big Ben did his thing. Big Ben was great. And as Quincy said, as soon as he went down and got, started hobbling, I was like, oh, here we go. Give him the Emmy. Give him the Emmy. And then he went to the tunnel. And I was like, oh, this guy. I, I, to be honest, I was like, this bad boy is about to come with a, with a, with a brace. Watching come with a brace, hobbling all game, and he stopped hobbling. But I was like, he's gonna hobble all game with a brace, and then he's coming back, and he's gonna win the game. And he's like, you go, yes, I had a fractured blood or a ligament mind tear, whatever, and I came back and won the game. Look, Big Ben, what did his thing? Um, obviously, he catapulted the, the Steelers to win. And look, I agree also with Tony with this: the kicker situation. I see the kicker missing that field goal. And then there's a flag. I'm like, how was you really flag now? False start. It doesn't count. Let me pull him back. Boom, mm -hmm. makes the kick. I mean, Easy. It, it, it was, yeah, it, it was like, okay, yeah, they, they're winning. So. Oh, I do I do want to say one nice thing about Mason Rudolph because he came into this game, uh, played three plays. No, I'm just kidding. He sucks. I mean, he sucks. And I cannot believe that this is our back and quarter. There are actually Steeler fans who think this, that Ben, you know, because he's got the whole situation with, uh, you know, he's he's got uh, the, the, the C word. Uh, so we carry this on the list. 
so he, he can't mm. practice this week. Look, there's no chance. If Ben Roethlisberger, it doesn't matter. We'll talk about this more on Thursday. But if Ben can't play, I, I do not want to see Mason out there. I saw Mason Rudolph for three plays, and you would have thought, and I said this even, even to the people I was watching the game. I said, look, let's just see what Mason does. He was so bad last year, but, boy, he can't be he can't be that bad again. Right? He's had a whole offseason to prepare. Ben's not practicing on Wednesday, so he's actually getting reps in practice every single week. No, he's terrible. I mean, the guy's just – he has no arm strength whatsoever. He does the same thing he did last year, which is his first reason he's not there. He's a complete deer in headlights. I don't – he's like a lost cause for me at this point. Luckily, they got Dobbs back. Uh, so maybe they can do something there, but oh boy, oh boy, Mason Rudolph. I can't wait until he's a starter someday eventually. No. Uh, shout out to I, so I quit the podcast, Clark. by the way, if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> With the super chat of $4.99, we appreciate that. She says, thank you for the chats. Uh, so appreciate that. Uh, speaking of chats, we are now on Flick Chat. Um, that is right. F-L-I-C-K. The app is completely free. We are all on there. You can do all kind of cool things. There's uh, polls, there's chats, there's all kind of stuff there. We live chat during the game as well. So be sure to check that out. Once you get it in your app store um, and join it, be sure to search for the AFC North Talk and make sure that you join in on the conversation. So with that being said, this is the AFC North Talk. And before we get out of here, Tony, let them know where they can find your stuff. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me on um uh, you can find me on uh, Locked On Steelers. Uh, it's a uh, daily podcast hosted by my friend Christopher Carter. I'm on there on Tuesdays, uh, so I was on today's show. Uh, and then you can find me here, Tuesdays and Thursdays, AFC North Talk. We do this live, 545, so make sure you're subscribed. Hit the bell. You'll be notified. Also, someone in chat, a Steeler fan, saying Dobbs' accuracy is better than Rudolph. I don't agree with that either, but Dobbs can, Dobbs can run. He's a better thing, so I just he's Rudolph sucks, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Sonny, let them know where they can find your stuff. SCGs for everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, uh, IG, and obviously here, guys, um, 5.45 p.m. Eastern. And on Flick, guys, I, I joined Flick because we have the, the the group now. And, hey, it's a way for you guys to help us to grow the channel. Go on Flick. I was I was uh, not tweeting, but I guess flicking. I don't know how you say it. Uh, <laughs> during the game, right? I, Tony, I saw Tony doing the same thing. So, yeah, hey, I was in there. Join Flick. Yeah, Kanye Flick is fun. And you can trash talk through Flick. It's okay. And the cool thing is, is when we do the one for the Bengals and Steelers, when we're playing each other, you'll actually be able to, as fans, talk trash back and forth. So definitely um, jump in there, especially this especially this weekend uh, for that one with the Bengals and Steelers coming up. But Quincy, where can they find your stuff at? All right, you can find me on YouTube.com slash Quincy Carrier. You can also find me on Twitch.tv slash Quincy Carrier. I do a live stream there on Fridays. Um, you can also check me out on Twitter at Quincy if you just want to find where I'm at and just click the links when they're available there. Uh, um, hopefully, you can find me celebrating a win there. I think we got a super chat that mentioned me. Um, we can just get to it now. Quincy, what are one of, what's the one game where the Browns win in the second or need to win in the second half to make the playoffs? They don't have one game, but one game they should probably try to win is that game against Tennessee because I feel like that's going to be another tiebreaker game. And the way the Browns' season's going, the way everybody else' season's going, is that they can't afford to lose another tiebreaker game. Uh, so they need to win those when they get those. They need to beat every team that they play in the AFC, uh, really, in order to make it. So, yeah, it's just – yeah, it's just um, it, it. Hold on one second. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. But yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's uh. Yeah. Find me there. Check me out there. Have a good time. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And don't Sorry, forget, we were, we were moderating chat for people who are watching. We were moderating chat. That's what happened. Thursday, we are going to be back here uh, previewing at 545 Eastern Standard Time. But if you are watching this video, there's 200 people still watching. Hit that notification bell so you can be alerted and be here because you don't want to miss it. I mean, I've been seeing what's going on with, with chat between Steelers and Bengals fans and people just talking about that game. If you don't want to miss that show leading up to that game. Please be sure to hit that notification bell. But I am Ace Boogie of New Stripe City. You can find me, of course, here with the with the AFC North Talk. You can also find me on New Stripe City on YouTube. I'm also under that same moniker on Twitter. And this has been the AFC North Talk. Have you ever felt Are you listening?